Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Just returned to the Next Level Studio after an 11-day road trip. And I'm not alone in the Next Level Studio. In fact, my lovely wife, Stephanie, is in the studio. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I have never been better, and it gets, gets better, better every, every single day. day. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that before. You really should stop giving... Give You can give that can response to everyone else, but I should get something better. All right. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to go away for another 11 days? <laughs> How are you, baby? I'm doing well. Oh, goodness. So this episode is being, is going to be titled, What Are You Tolerating? <laughs> what Are You Tolerating? Okay. And it was brought on by the one conversation that Giovanna Ellison had us do at her Thrive Summit Speaker Appreciation Dinner. So she was, of course, inspired by our mutual friend, Michael Hyatt, who has introduced, uh, well, even us in Colorado, we we did the one conversation. And her conversation, as she went around the table, she says, I want you to say your name, where you're from, what you do, real quickly. And then there are two questions. Number one, what's currently bringing you joy? And number two, what are you tolerating? All right, so for me, now I will tell you what brings me joy. I can't even remember what I said because there's so many things that bring me joy. And and I'm sure I shared like something related to uh, helping people change their beliefs about who they are, having deep conversations with people and and helping them redefine who they, what their true identity is. Or, okay, that's not true. Helping them discover and embrace and live out fully their true identity. That what that's that brings me joy. And when it came to what am I tolerating, I said, I, I, I came up with an answer, and I know specifically what I said. I've been tolerating the fact that I work by myself and I try to do everything on my own, and I don't have a team. Blah 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 blah. And that was that at, at the time. I'm trying to think. I don't know that I actually tolerate a lot in my life. You know that that's a thought that was going through my head. I, I feel like I'm one of those guys that if I've got a behavior that's not serving me well, that I'm doing pretty good at not tolerating it, doing something about it, confessing it to my friends, my mastermind, my coaches, all of this stuff, and doing something about it. So in my mind, for whatever reason, I thought, yeah, well, I guess everybody tells me I should be growing my team, and I'm not. So therefore, I must be tolerating the fact that I'm working way more than maybe I need to, to accomplish my goals that I'm chasing after. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. So I've been thinking a lot about it. Okay. And I've been tolerating something far worse than that. And I wanted to have this conversation with you because we 
have not spoke a whole lot other than a, a brief FaceTime call here and there over the last 11 days. So first, before I go any further, I, that, that was the tease to this episode. And, I'm, and by the way, I am going to tell you what I have been tolerating if you stick around. If you don't stick around, you won't figure out where it's at. I don't even know where in this episode I'm going to teach you or teach you, tell you what I'm tolerating, what I've been tolerating, and what I'm putting an end to. What behavior am I literally going to stop effective immediately? And, and, it, and it's going to be a bombshell. But before I do that, it, this is an opportunity to connect with my wife. Stephanie, what's been going on in your world since, like, just personally, professionally, and anything? What, I, I want to hear from you. I, I haven't seen you in 11 days. We're, what, 39 days from Free the Dream Conference. I know you got a, a talk that you have planned. I know I, I've come home. The house doesn't look the same as when I left. So, so seriously, and, and by the, the way, this does not have to be. The funny part about that is, is that some parts look better, but to make other parts look better, other parts look worse. Like yeah. It's, it's in that in-between. It's in that in-between. And um, I'm moving myself. So, And we moved Megan back to um, Bowling Green in 11 days. Oh, yes. Thank you. And... Um, so she has stuff that that she's you know um, cleaning out and and moving around um, and so yeah I've I've been I have been uh, doing well I'm while you were gone I created some things I had some lazy time I had some kid time um, tell me about creating things this is something my community here may not have seen your vlog a couple weeks ago. Talk about, real quickly, this this creative side of you that, that you've been tapping into more deeply. This, this, okay. Yeah, that that actually might have been a couple months ago at this point. <laughs> it may have been. It's <laughs> time's flying. It, it feels like it. So um, I, I've always had um, a love to, to create things and has grown over time uh, with sewing and knitting and... Uh, recently, like recently in the last year, um, year and a half maybe, I decided I wanted to try my hat at making um, a wreath for my front door. And I did that and I fell in love with it. So then when Megan and her friends graduated, I made a wreath for all of their families for their front doors of the schools that they were going to. And um, and I was like, okay, so I got I got pretty good at that. So let's try to make a wreath in, in a different way. And so um, I've just been um, making several different styles of wreaths with different materials and having a lot of fun with that. And I have probably for probably for about the last two years, maybe, I've wanted to get a Cricut precision cutting machine. And what is a Cricut precision precision cutting machine well it's pretty self-explanatory it is a precision cutting machine but what does it precision <laughs> cut? it is the brand and it cuts um vinyl it'll cut plastic it'll cut magnets it'll um be i have the cricket maker so it'll cut magnets it'll cut wood um fabric paper tissue paper like you name it there's really not much that it cannot cut um within crafting 
purposes. Yes. Obviously, it can't cut metal. It can't cut thick wood. Um, but I've, I wanted one for a very long time. But it's very costly, not just the machine, but the materials to use that you need to use um, are also. And so it, it wasn't a priority. And for you, it was just this hobby thing. It was a hobby. It was something that I wanted so I could and make for you more to be things. able so for you to be able to buy the cricket maker, all the related accessories to be able to do the projects that you want to do, and all of the materials. I, I think what was it ended up being close to fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Well, I think we're probably in the um, fifteen hundred market, yeah, yeah, with the buying the vinyl and the transfer tape and the different um, utensils that you need, um, the extra, the extra knife blade that will is actually the thick blade that cuts the wood and. Uh, so all of those so things as of those a hobby. Things, as a hobby, it wasn't something that I could really justify. You know, I do get a slush fund. Um, obviously, we've done Dave Ramsey. And so I do get a slush fund um, is what we call it. It's it's my money that, that I can spend however I want. But do you know how many months I have to save up? To, and my, my slush fund barely makes it into the second week of the month. So um, it's not always used... It's, for yourself? it's rarely ever used for myself. And I understand that that's my choice. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying that it's just it was never the reality of having this cricket maker and all that's it, it was right. going to it was going to be it a was a dream time. maybe a, a very expensive uh, Christmas gift, Christmas gift so, or birthday just, gift. And <laughs> <that> <laughs> nice, baby. Well, you took my fidget spinner. Oh, Where is it? Here, fidget with that, baby. OK, I won't even put that back on here. I'll put it back um, on. So clearly I fidget a lot while recording oh, podcasts. There we go. And so I apologize for my clicking, but I couldn't find my fidget Can I spinner. just say something real quickly? What? Just to, I love that you and I are sitting across the table podcasting together right now. Okay. I miss this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. Well, we're supposed to record a podcast episode once a week, but. I know. That, that's kind of <laughs> fallen off the, that's well, kind of fallen off the radar. So. Well, we'll, we'll get it back into that. So you cricket maker. So and anyway, it was on my list. And then I had this crazy idea probably sometime around. Um, I probably started thinking about it in April. And I thought, well, what if I had a cricket maker and I could actually like sell things and make a little, you know, do my own little side business. And um, what about that? And I just kind of let that percolate for a little bit and i mentioned it how to long you. did you let it percolate before you mentioned to me and by the way feel free to slow down you don't have to feel just we're, we're we're in no rush here i know i'm not in any rush except i'm, I'm working against my brain like once my brain shuts <laughs> down it's down well as you're waiting just um, we, we we can be comfortable with silence and clearly i haven't uh recorded in a long time because i'm saying um quite a bit I just slow down and feel just it's, feel the silence. It's been a while. Feel the silence. Feel the silence. Okay, clearly you don't know me at all because I don't do silence. Well, I have noise all the time because silence is deafening. It's not deafening. It is. I don't like it. Anyway, silence is golden. Yeah. Uh, if I interrupted you this much, you you probably have a 
No. Did it change you that much? This 11 days? Oh, this 11 days. We'll get to that. We're we're focused on, I want to hear about your 11 days. So I think that I was probably consciously thinking about it before I mentioned it to mentioned it to you for maybe maybe six weeks two months something around there but I was probably thinking about it longer just not as forefront in my mind thinking about it just kind of something back there taking up some you know spare space that would kind of roll up front every now and then so a couple months you said yeah and then a couple months and and then then you mentioned it to me do you remember how you mentioned it to me the first time and and I don't remember my first reaction. <laughs> we were in the car. We took McKenna and uh, one of her friends to Nashville to see Billie Eilish. Yes, which we did. I survived an emo concert with teenage girls and all of the adventure that came with it. That, that was, was a fun trip. That was that was definitely a trip. It was an adventure. It was an adventure. There was a tornado warning and <laughs> running for shelter. Of, we got and, kicked out of the venue because there was a thunder because there was lightning in the area. It was an outdoor venue, so they had to evacuate the venue. And then and, there, there was a spotted tornado was, within twenty miles. Yeah, there was a spotted tornado, and and we were we were told to stay in the area because if the weather cleared, the concert would resume. And we would um, be readmitted. And so we're just sitting in a parking, in an open parking lot in downtown Nashville with tornado warnings and thunderstorms going on. It was quite an adventure, but they have a story that goes with their, with their trip to see uh, Billie Eilish. So we made a memory that night. We did. We made a memory and our daughter was a little freaked out, but she survived. Yep. All right. So when so, did you first tell me? So I think about on that way cricket? home, on that trip home, I had said that I wanted a cricket, and I. This is something I knew that you wanted seen, yeah, as a hobby. It's on. It's on my Christmas list. It which has I'll been need, for quite some I'll time, and I was looking. I was looking at that, and but the thing is, is but the, now you brought it up some way somehow as a potential business expense. Yes. I, so we have all of these little plaques around our house with different sayings on it. There's one over there that says, "Don't look back. You're not going that way." There's one that says, "Make today count." Um, one of my favorite ones is in the kitchen, and it says. Um, you call it chaos, we call it family. Yeah, there are these just little plaques just with sayings plaques. in different fonts. Right. I want to read this one. This is from Howard Thurman. This is not the font that I want to yeah. use, but I want this saying. Read this out loud. Uh, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs most is people who have come alive. I want I like a plaque that. that says that. Okay. All right. So I had said. So I had said to you something like, you know, I could I can make these like I can have this and I can make these and people are doing this all the time why can't I and so I had said that I wanted to buy a cricket and I asked if it could be a business expense for this purpose because I do want to create and sell things and you flat out said no do <laughs> like, did no. I give a reason no, why No you did not you said no and I said why and you said because and that was it and end of conversation end of convers- i have never in 24 years with you been shut down so <laughs> quickly and and with, with absolute finality and so i told you that i told you that um that it was what i wanted and when i was ready to buy my cricket that not even your no would stand in my way <laughs> i love that 
And um, what I didn't know is that you and the girls had already been in conversation about getting it for me for my birthday, which is in five days. Yes, it is. And um, and so you, you you are really terrible at keeping a secret. But I kept that one. But you kept that one for the car ride home. <laughs> Because I didn't want you to be ticked off at me for shutting you down. <laughs> Four hours. Because we were still you were we were like just out of Nashville. It was a whole four-hour drive home. I was like, I don't know. I didn't get it. But um, but then, so you and the girls, like you and Megan had sat down and, and we talked about it and talked about what machine I wanted because there are two different machines. And, uh, and so we went and we, we went and... Megan and I went and picked out the the one that I wanted, and they come in different colors, so I got the color I want, and I got a bunch of starter supplies. Yep. And um and I have been I have been creating thing. I've been making um um sayings on bo- water bottles and stickers and and putting um inspirational stuff on our water bottle. I made you a um free the dream logo. For your water bottles, um, I used it to, I made a wreath for Megan and her friends for their dorm room doors, and I used the cricket to put a saying in the center. So I went to, I think I got- got a little plaque for the center of the wreath. Yeah, I got a heart-shaped plaque for the center of the wreath, and I I painted it, and then I used the the cricket to attach- um, I think it says welcome to our home. So there's something that I haven't told you. Mm-hmm. My so so yes, I had already decided this I knew this is something you had wanted for years actually. Mm-hmm. And yes, the girls and I already discussed that for your birthday we would do this. But I I saw this still in my mind as something you would do as a hobby, something they play around, but I I saw you you had this growing desire to create products that you could sell with this device. And and what I haven't told you, and I'm just going to be authentic and transparent now, is that I did not like the idea originally. Okay. And I'm like, man, what a waste. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to no. say the words that came to my mind. I do not feel this way today. Okay. What a waste of time. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, all the hours that you would pour into creating... I know. I know. Hold on. Do you want to read it back to me? Yes, it says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs most is people who have come alive. That's by Howard Thurman. Stephanie just held the sign back up to me. So the thing is, is it's like, th- this is not going to be, gen- I mean, you you currently have one mastermind group with four women in it. Yes. All right. Who are each paying $250 a month. So that's yes. $1,000 per month. You meet on average for so you make two hundred and fifty dollars in one hour, and that and and your profit on that one hour invested of facilitating that meeting grows exponentially. If you just add a couple extra women to that group, it doesn't take you more time, effort, or energy to facilitate that call. You're, I mean, you could easily be making a thousand dollars an hour leading a mastermind group, and then I think about. You know, the, the investment of products, uh, re, you know, all the materials and stuff like that, then researching, designing, and and then the time to physically create a reef and a plaque and, and putting a saying on it and all this other stuff. And, you know, cost of goods might be $10, $15 potentially. 
and then you sell it for 50, and I'm not going to do live math, but it's not a big profit margin. Is that 35, I think? But uh, $35, and that's, that's more than an hour to generate that $35. You know, when you add in the, the amount of time it took you to go get the materials for that inspire inspiration that you have for the project, occasionally you might have to drive out again because you didn't, you thought you had a thing, but you didn't have a thing. How many times has that happened, right? That's happened a couple so, times. So, and, and I'm thinking, it's like the profit market, you, you'd be lucky if you break even if you sell on some of these things. And, and I mean, this is the way my mind is thinking. It's like, I know. And, I knew you felt I, that way, even though you hadn't said you felt that way. But the thing is, because is, your face says a lot that your words I don't. Know, I know. But but the, I, I actually, didn't say anything. Sorry, I'm going to make myself a t-shirt that says, I can't be held responsible for what my face does when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, anyway, I just think so it's awesome. funny. I just think it's funny. You are funny. Megan made herself a cup the, the other day. It says, world's okayest adult. <laughs> nice. World's okayest adult. All right. So that's that, that was my initial response. And and then then all of a sudden, it's like you want to start creating Reeves and you want to sell them. And I'm thinking, okay, profit margin next to nil. But she's loving it. She's having fun. And so the one thing that I've discovered is the importance of having fun mm-hmm. and the importance of doing things that make you come alive. Right. And that's why this quote has been so powerful to me. And it's why I've never mentioned those thoughts to you. And I've and I've I've been enjoying watching you spend time, investing time in something that makes you come alive. You know, it 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 actually does have an amazing return on investment because you devoted that time creating something that you're proud of and it gave you a greater sense of a, a confidence and and you have something that you made with your hands that you're that you can give as a gift, and and that's inside of your zone of genius of actually pouring into and investing in the lives of others. This may not have been profitable, but man, every single time these girls walk into their dorm and see that, that it's like it's who I am. Can I tell a story? Yes. Last fall, I created a wreath for um my my best friend. And it was, she'd um, recently gone through a divorce. It was her first place that was just hers. And um, she absolutely loves fall. And so I made her a fall-inspired wreath. And when I hung it up on my doorknob, because that's where I hang them when I finish, is on the doorknob of, of my craft room, and I hung it up on the doorknob and I'm looking at it and I just keep thinking about the lion from the Wizard of Oz. And I don't, I mean, literally, it just kept, it was, it was orange and tan and it had some, some ribbon, some green ribbon with leaves. On. I mean, it was it's still one of my favorites that I made and I kind of hate that I gave it away, but, <laughs> but it was, it was made, it was designed specifically for her. Yeah. All of the thought process from, from buying the the materials to creating it was designed for her. And I just had this overwhelming feeling and thought about the lion from the wizard of Oz when I finished making it. And so I take it to give it to Sarah and and she says she says 
this really makes me think of the lion from the Wizard of Oz. Hmm. And there, there is some trauma in Sarah's past tied to the Wizard of Oz. And so this was a big deal. She says, it just makes me think of, of the lion from the Wizard of Oz. Do you know what the lion needed? Courage. And she looked at me and she said, you gave me courage. And now it didn't matter what season it was for the last year, courage has been hanging on her front door. That is amazing. So that is yes. why I do yes. what I do. That, that it, It's not just about making something pretty. I, I, I had, it took me a while to come around and understand why is that important? It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like me going on 100 mile bike rides. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, wh- yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, why would I go out and ride my bike for eight and a half hours nonstop? That what benefit is there really? I mean, obviously health and blah, blah, blah. But no, I, I could get similar benefits health wise if, you know, going on a five mile bike ride, a 20 mile bike ride. But why 100 mile bike rides? Why do I go and spend an entire day riding a bike? Because it makes me come alive. And when I go, I think about things in a different way. I, you know, it, it, it changes me. It changes me. And, and by you creating that, it changes you. It, it, it shifts that focus off of yourself and who you were created to be. And, I, and, and I've come to extremely value that extremely highly. And so I'm excited for you. I'm excited about the products that you're creating and also, I love the confidence that you had. I, I, I'm going to share something else I was really freaked out about. All right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you know this, but you, you had shared these Reeves and Megan's boss, she, Megan has a nanny job during the summer. And her, the woman who hired her to take care of her triplet children. Six-year-old triplets. Yep. My, my daughter is, is a nanny to six-year-old triplets. I never thought I'd say those words. But uh, it's good for her. And so the the woman who hired her said, your mom makes wreaths? And did she say, hey, can your mom make something like this? Is yeah. that how that happened? Yes. Explain a little bit about so that. I got a text message from Megan one day and it said, can you make this? And it was a picture from Pinterest of, of a wreath. And I said, I, th- I think so. Like I'd have to, you know zoom in and you know see the picture but yeah i think i i think i can do that and she said that her her boss wanted to know how much i would charge to do that and i told her well i talked to you i asked you first and i told her 70 dollars. okay she said that's awesome and yeah it is awesome because that's very cheap she said that's well, but she it, was providing the materials. It's, it, I spent five dollars. Can you describe? Did you already say? Did, describe the reef that okay. she showed you a picture of. The, it was it was a simple. I love that you round, say it was a simple. Simple round. There were not a lot of embellishments. It, it was round. I think the one that she sent me was was um, a wood branch wreath tied. I can't anyway. But the form, the wreath form was was branches, and then they had taken show ribbons from horse shows, like awards that you win. Yeah, first place ribbons, second place, place, third place ribbons. And they had um, put them around around the wreath so that it was a wreath of your horse show 
ribbons. It was, I mean, and it was like the, and by these ribbons, we're talking about the ones where it's got the big starburst that says first place and yeah. it's got the name of the show or whatever. And then it has the long ribbons that trail from it. And this was a reef that had all of the starbursts all the way around, but it also had a couple trailing ribbons and, and it was, I mean, it was beautiful. But here's the thing. I've seen Stephanie make some reeves and reeves that quite frankly is like, man, my wife made that. That is incredible. But I'd never seen anything like this come from you before. And I, I got to tell you, the fact that you said, because for me, I'm going to tell you what I would have, where I would have been in this process. I, if, if, if I was approached and said, hey, can you make a reef like this? I'd be thinking, what is the sentimental value of these ribbons? Mm-hmm. All right. And I've never created a project like this before. And if I screw this up and mess up these, and and my answer would have been, no, I don't do this. But let me show you the reefs that I do make and tell me if you like any of these. That would have been my response. Now, what I I want you to know, Stephanie, is is that I admire your confidence in the, the fact that you said, yes, I can do that. And I admire the fact that you said 70 bucks. I think you could have charged way more than that. But still, the fact that $70. And I, and I got to tell you, I, I, was, I was a little concerned about whether or not you could pull that off. And I don't hope that doesn't make you mad. It doesn't. It's like, I just never seen you create something like that before. I've seen you create amazing things. But this was, this was next level stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you? Am that, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm taking something that means something to someone and altering it, yeah. basically, to to create a decoration. Yeah. And and so I totally understand that. And Megan brought home a shopping bag full of of show ribbons. They were just all shoved in the bag. And I quite honestly looked at it for several weeks and said, I don't know how to start. And I didn't want to start until I had a good go point. And so it did sit in my office in the way of everything else for a long time because I didn't want to start without knowing where I was going. And it finally one day I was like, okay, I'm doing this. Megan has to work tomorrow and and I, I'm, I'm finishing this. I, I'm finishing this and I'm going to send it. I had one of the ladies in my mastermind, I had mentioned that this wreath was causing me problems because the owner of the show ribbons did not want me to cut the, the hanging ribbon the off hanging just ribbon. to keep the medallion. And medallion, that's it. I called it a starburst. I didn't. Yeah. Yes, the medallion. And but so she didn't want you to cut off. She, she didn't, didn't want, want you to snip she off. She didn't want the, me to cut it, and which I totally respect. And and that um, threw you. But for that a loop. was stumping me. I'm like, well, what do I do? How can I get that out of the way so that I'm just. I'm showing the medallion on the on the wreath. Otherwise, it would have been sloppy. Right. And so, a lady in my master in my free to thrive mastermind had a very engineering mind. She's like, "Why don't you just fold it up in there? Because there's and a metal, it, right? yeah, there's a metal clip on the back where they would stick the ribbon on the on the horse's um, reins. Yep. And so, I was like, "Huh? Okay." And so while we're on our call, the power of the the, mastermind, That's right. While we're on our call, I I fold it up in there and I'm like, well, that works. Now I just need to figure out how to keep it up there. And so I, I at Kroger bought a pack of 100 push pins 
and I push pinned it into the back of the medallion. Yep. And it worked. Sweet. And they were all nestled right up in there. Um, I even pulled one out. So like if she decides she wants to um, disassemble the wreath one day and do something else with the with the ribbons, um, the hole will just steam right out. It, it, you know, won't, the hole won't be permanent. And, uh, and I went, I, I went and I made the, I made this wreath and when it was over and I'm looking at it, all I could see were all of the imperfections that were there and how I would do things different if I was starting from scratch but I wasn't starting from scratch. It was ready. I just wasn't completely happy with how it was ready. And I went to bed and I was so unhappy with it. I dreamt about it (laughs) and I got up in the morning and I made some alterations without taking the whole thing apart. And then I was happy with it. I could still see the imperfections and, and the things that I had, but I was happy with it. And Megan's boss was so happy with it, she paid me $100 instead of the 70 that I charged her. She absolutely loved it and loves it. She absolutely loves it. And one of her favorite parts is that it's unique. It's not like, it's not exactly like the picture she sent me. And she said, she says, this is unique. This is mine. Nobody else will have one that looks like mine. And that was her favorite part. That's awesome. What did you learn about the whole process? Anything? Well, I learned that that I can fold the show ribbons. Up. All right. Um I learned that when when being paid to work with someone's sentimental belongings like that, take my time. Don't rush into it. And that's okay because I want the end product to be something that when they look at it, they're feeling that joy that, that they had while experiencing it for the first time. And, and then I I learned that I can do anything that I put my mind to. I love that. And I don't have to have all of the answers. It's okay to ask for help. Hmm. Wow. I'm excited for you, baby. I really am. And and I do see potential for all kinds of things with the things that you want to create. And I and as a matter of fact, I see them as even potentially profitable things down the road. I and and but not that that's the end goal, the aim or whatever. It just can be something that you do that adds value to who you are and show up in other more profitable ways. So yeah cool yep that's so that's what i've the whole question started with what i've i've been doing in the last 11 days i've been creating and cleaning cleaning creating creating and cleaning cool all right so we're now 35 minutes into this episode or so i want to get back to the what are you tolerating question and what have i been tolerating and, and this morning, I sent a message. I, I have three different mastermind groups of the Next Level Mastermind. I have three different groups. I have the morning group, the evening group, and group three. And each of them this morning, I said, guys, I have a question for you to start this week. 
uh, to start off the week. And it's not a motivational quote or anything of that nature, but it's an important question. What are you tolerating? And more importantly, the distinction I want to ask you is, what is it that you need to stop doing? Maybe it's a behavior that's holding you back and has been holding you back and you've been struggling with. What do you need to stop? It could be an activity or a stream of income in your business, something you're putting tons of time, effort, and energy into, and it's just not giving you a return on your investment and your time, effort, and energy could be spent somewhere else and serve you and everyone else around you better. What do you need to stop? What are you tolerating? And so I asked that question and I said, now in just a moment, I'm going to start a new audio message. This is all on Voxer. And I said, I'm going to share with you mine. And I'm going to, what's so funny, Stephanie? I don't have to listen to those messages now. (laughs) You don't have to listen to those messages. So what am I tolerating? And it wasn't, it it didn't occur to me until much later. Uh, It was on the way home, or actually it was on the way from Montgomery, Alabama to the Smoky Mountains because I stayed there overnight to spend some time with my mom and dad, which I had a great time with my mom and dad. Good. A really great time. So anyway, what am I tolerating? What, what do I need to stop? What, what do I need to put an end to effective immediately? And this is, it's a bombshell. I'm putting an <laughs> end, I am putting an end effective immediately to the over-aggressive marketing of Free the Dream Conference. effective immediately. I am no longer tied to an attendance goal by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I'm thinking, is this because, you know, last year I had a goal of 300 people and I had 87? And and so I took the distinctions and stuff that I learned there and then I'm like, okay, well, year two, and and gosh, for the last, well, ever since last year, I'm going, well, by golly, I'm resetting the goal, 300 for Free the Dream 2019. Is it because right now we're sitting at uh, 91 attendees at Free the Dream 2019, which by the way, will be over 100. But the question is, is, do, is, is it because I don't feel like I have what it takes to sell an additional 200 tickets in the next 39 days? No, I believe I could do it. I really do believe I could do it. And July 1st of this year, I made some commitments. Do you remember those commitments? They were crazy. They were crazy. Let me share with folks. I'm going to open up Evernote, and I'm going to go into, uh, where is my inbox and daily marketing commitments. This is ridiculous. I will create a minimum of one video per day with a call to action. Uh, one video per day, 10 minutes or less, and I will publish that to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, IGTV, and Twitter. One 10-minute or less video every single day without fail. I will have a minimum of one phone conversation with a Free the Dream prospect each day. A minimum of one one one-on-one conversation with somebody I will reach out via personal video messages to a minimum of 10 people every single day. 10 
personal video messages per day. I will deliver an email newsletter to all email subscribers every Monday, which is my monthly news or weekly newsletter anyway. Uh, I will take that email newsletter content and syndicate it as an article on LinkedIn for each one that I do. I will publish bonus episodes of uh, the Cliff Ravenscraft show to promote Free the Dream. I will evaluate and optimize my Facebook ads every Tuesday and every Thursday. I will evaluate, I just did that one. I will publish one episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show every Friday without fail. I will send at least one broadcast email that's not associated to my newsletter, but it's just a broadcast email to market and do a direct call to action to buy a ticket to free the dream to my entire mailing list. And then weekly, I will perform a minimum of four podcast interviews per week. That's me being the guest on four different shows per week minimum. Now, by the way, the first week in July, I did six. The second week in July, I did six. The third week in July, I did six. Last 11 days, I've been out of town, haven't done any but I have six this week, six next week. I have six every week until the week before Free the Dream. Ridiculous. I'm tolerating that. And it's, and it, and it's got an end. It, it has to end. Now, the thing is, is I'm going to live up to my commitments to these, to these interviews. I'm, I'm not going to any of those podcast hosts and say, listen, I need to back out of this interview. It's a great gift. As a matter of fact, I learned a lot about myself I, I became more connected at a much deeper level with how vital the free the dream message is. And, it, and it's actually shifted my own mindset about how I approach sharing this message moving forward. And by the way, I, I still have a dream. I, I want to do between, I, from this point forward, I always want to make sure that I do a minimum of one podcast interview per week, every week, 52 weeks out of the year. But four minimum per week, that's ridiculous. It really is. Um, and just that, all of those things, by the way, if I did all of those things, oh, and, and like, I, I mean, I've seen massive return, Our ticket sales were starting to roll in, you know, we got all the way from, you know, 71 to 91 really fast because I did what I did those first few weeks, but I didn't have a lot of margin in my life. I didn't have a lot of time for deep connection with people and I had this opportunity, well, I had already committed a long time ago to Ray Edwards that I would speak at his Copywriting Academy Live in Franklin, Tennessee. And then I had already made a commitment to Giovanna Ellison that I would speak at her Thrive Summit in Montgomery, Alabama. And that was originally going to be a 10-day road trip. And I've got to tell you, uh, the, 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 one, the one commitment that I, I gave myself grace on is no podcast interviews during those times. That's the one thing that I gave myself grace on. It's like nothing can be scheduled these 10 days while I'm out on the road for podcast interviews. But in my mind, I at the time, I will do 10 video, personal video invitations every single day. I will create these bonus podcast episodes for the Cliff Ravenscraft. I will do a minimum of one video every single day to promote Free the Dream. I will blast out that email list every every week outside of my newsletter later in the week. I will, I will, I will, I will. Then I got on the road. And I realized that something else was more important to me than all of that. And it was the connections I was having with people. 
you see, the thing is, is, you know, at the time I, I had 47 days until free the dream conference and I'm standing there in Franklin, Tennessee, and I have a line of people who just heard me talk and they're standing in line to talk to me one person at a time. And before I used to try to talk to everybody and, and, you know, after about five to 10 minutes, I would feel a little bit guilty about the fact that other people are waiting and I would try to rush this conversation along. But because of the conversations I had in those podcast interviews and my understanding of just how vital and important it is people really grasp the all beliefs have consequences message and this new distinction, I can't wait till you hear the opening keynote to Free the Dream because I've delivered it several times now and it has changed. Mm -hmm. It has changed. Matter of fact, I, I want to share with you a new distinction. What, what, one of the things, how do you discover, how do you become aware? Step number one of, of eliminating limiting beliefs from your life. Step number one is become aware. But how do you become aware? You first got to start with a dream. What do you want out of life? What does that look like? All right? Why do you want it? That's your dream. What would you need to start doing to get one step closer? And then the next question is, why aren't you already taking that step? And what people give you? Excuses. We call them excuses, but here's a new distinction. This, is, this came to me as I'm having conversations with tons of people. Excuses expose your belief system. It's your, so anytime you come up with an excuse why you can't stop something or you can't start something and stick with it, every excuse exposes a belief. And the important thing to understand is that whatever you want out of life, the actions you take it, you're taking, the actions that you fail to take, it's because of what you believe. And the problem is that 80% of what you believe, you're not even aware of. How do you become aware of them? By at first, you have to have a dream that calls you out of being where you are today. And then you ask yourself, what do I need to do? What do I need to stop doing? Why haven't I already started? Why haven't I already started? And every excuse now makes you aware of a belief that you weren't consciously aware of before. Oh, it's so powerful. And I've, hmm. Now, the thing is, is I've had this conversation. So let's just say I've got, I've got seven people in line to stand there and talk to me. And the person right in front of me, I've been talking with them, asking them these questions. What's your dream? Tell me about your dream. Oh, I don't have a dream. Well, let's, let's pretend you did have a dream. What would you like your life to be like in five years from now? What would you need to start doing? Why haven't you already started that? And they give me the belief. And, and I, basically, I, 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 I walk them through and I said, you realize that's a lie? Yeah, I know. No, tell me why it's a lie. Tell me why you know it's a lie. All right? And so if I were to ask you that question again, why aren't you already doing that? And you were to tell me that, you'd, you'd know that for a fact, you'd be lying through your teeth. Will you ever tell me or anyone that excuse again? No. So tell me, why, why, why aren't you already doing it? And they'd give me another excuse. So you know where this is going, don't you? And so I, would do, I was having conversations 40 minutes, 60 minutes at a time with one person. Sometimes people would leave to go in for the next talk. Some people would stay for the whole thing because the things that this person's working with me in. A lot of people are. They're all working on it. It's like, oh my gosh. And from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., four days of, or three full days and, the, and one half day. But for three whole days from 6 a.m., I showed up early until 6 p.m. when it was time to leave for dinner. 
I literally had a nonstop line of people wanting to talk to me. 40 plus people I spent anywhere from as little as 20 minutes with each individual, as much as 90 minutes or maybe a little bit longer with some of them. And I did that all day, every day. And the thing is, is what's the likelihood of somebody who just traveled from California, from Canada, from Virginia, from all over the United States, what's the likelihood from a marketing perspective of Free the Dream that all of these people that I'm investing in at such a deep level, spending 12-hour days for three days in a row, what's the likelihood that those people are going to say, wow, that was so powerful, I'm going to go back to my hotel room and buy a ticket for a conference in 47 days to come to this same building? Pretty slim. but it was where I was supposed to be. And it's who I was supposed to be. And I had a powerful impact. Now, three people out of the more than 40 said, Cliff, I'm coming to your Free the Dream Conference and they bought a ticket. So when it comes down to it, I had, I, I, in, my, in three days, I sold three tickets to Free the Dream Conference. Now, you go back to what I was doing before I left town the marketing efforts, all the things that I told you that I was doing and committed to, those things were selling like three tickets a day, sometimes five or six tickets a day. And here I'm on a road trip where I'm spending all of this time doing this. And it's, it's fulfilling me on a level that is beyond my imagination. I did actually uh, have some dinner conversations with a couple folks. By the way, we had three people from Ray's events sign up for the next level mastermind so that it wasn't my intention. It wasn't my goal to try to convert people to buy things. In fact, I went in with a whole mindset of I'm not here to sell. I'm here to serve. Mm-hmm. And and I do have some people who have scheduled some coaching sessions with me one-on-one to see if there's anything that I have that could serve them and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So it's not like I'm not looking at this from a potential business perspective, but that was not a qualification for how much time I was spending with the person who directly was standing in front of me at any given moment in time. It's not like I had this filter. It's like, okay, this person's obviously not a future attendee to Free the Dream. This person's obviously not a future uh, member of the Next Level Mastermind. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, how can I shift over to the next person who might be? None of that. I just felt like this is what I was supposed to do. Uh, after Ray's event was over, well, of course, you heard all about Dale Smith, and that was in last week's ep- or that was in a previous episode of the Clip Raymond Scrap Show. Um, I think I told you about the people from Prague. Hopefully, yes. So I did tell you about Prague, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's going to come in in just a moment. But what I'd been tolerating is this feeling like I must go back to my hotel and record in that, that video. I must create those personal videos, and I'm like, no, I'm putting an end to that. I'm not putting an end to marketing free the dream. By the way. I'm not putting an end to free the dream. Free the dream is a vision in, in a dream of ours. And I'm not even putting an end to my vision and, and my firm belief that one day I will speak in stadiums to tens of thousands of people. I'm putting an end, however, to forcing free the dream to be the avenue for that to happen. If it happens organically, naturally, and, and free the dream just grows to where we, we just can't contain people in conference rooms or conference halls or think venues like free, uh, the, the factory or whatever. If we grow, outgrow that and we have to move into a stadium, all, that's fine. 
But what I'm putting an end to is the feeling like I have to take this big, huge, gigantic snowball and and kind of make it grow uphill. I'd rather just go to the top and and whenever it comes and and drop a, a piece of you know a snowball and let it start rolling down and build on its own. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've come to the conclusion that I don't have to push this. I do not have to put my emotional health at risk. I don't have to put my mental health at risk. I don't have to put my physical health at risk to try to get 300 people at Free the Dream in four, in 39 days from today. I'm done tolerating that. I I don't care what if anybody thinks about the fact that they're, you know, I've been saying, I will have 300 people. I will have, I, I, I'm not tolerating that anymore. I'm, by the way, I am still going to market Free the Dream. I'm still going to create some videos. Will I do one every single day? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how I feel that day. Will I be creating 10 personal videos every day? Absolutely not. I'm not tolerating that. If I feel led to create a personal video for someone or even two or three people one day or even 25 people one day, if I feel led to, then I'll do it but it's not a commitment that I'm living up to. No, that's not me. I'm not tolerating that anymore. I'm putting an end to forcing Free the Dream to grow. And one of the things that I realized is by having that priority of Free the Dream has to be this, Free the Dream has to be the vehicle to get us to this vision of this and that and this, it you know it put us in a financial bind last year. And you know what else I've been tolerating? I've been tolerating not having the financial margin to just pay in cash for Megan's tuition. I've been tolerating that. In pursuit of growing this conference to where it's the moneymaker for us in our business. That's not what Free the Dream is about. Matter of fact, there's far more, that when it comes down to it, Free the Dream is a life transformational event. Anybody who comes to this event, their lives will be transformed. And how do I know that? That seems like a bold statement because here's what I will tell you. People will begin to shift their perspective on life. They'll change their beliefs about who they are. They'll change their beliefs about who, what they're able to achieve. They'll change their beliefs about how many resources are surrounding them. And they will have new distinctions. They will have a different outlook on life. And if you change your outlook on life, you change your life. So I know Free the Dream is going to be transformational. And the thing is, is that one of the things that I loved about last year with 87 people, I had the opportunity to at least have a 20-minute conversation with every person there last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm going to try to force Free the Dream to stay small so I can always do that. I, you know, if, you know, but the thing is, I'm going to stop to f- trying to force it to grow to 300 unnaturally. What I, what I think about is Free the Dream had an incredible amount of impact in 87 people's lives last year. Mm-hmm. It will have an incredible amount of impact in over 100 people's lives this year. But it's nothing like the amount of impact that I have in the lives of 12 people who are now part of the Next Level Mastermind PM group and the eight people who are part of the AM Next Level Mastermind group, which it would be at 12 very quickly. That's where, I, because I meet with them every week, that the impact 
and in the the positive impact of of seeing life change consistently we that's not only is that more profitable for us financially and getting us the things that we need for our family but it's more profitable and greater return on investment for the lives of the people that I pour, pour into yes free the dream we have these monthly zoom calls and that helps people as well but it's not the same level of me pouring into the lives of people. And one of the things that happened last year when I worked my butt off to try to get 300 people to Free the Dream last year, the three months before Free the Dream 2018, I very rarely touched base with my mastermind members in between our calls. And that is something I was tolerating. And that's not happening anymore. And by the way, all of this shift in my mindset happened as a result of five sentences that Michael Hyatt spoke to me at dinner. He invited me out to dinner in Franklin, Tennessee after Ray's event and said some very powerful words. Didn't tell me anything. He just asked me some questions. He says, would you mind if I shared something from my perspective, you know, just my point of view? He says, Cliff, I, I don't think you should give up on your dream of stadiums and tens of thousands of people and stuff like that, but... Uh, one of the things that I've noticed in my own life is this, this, this. And and I heard it, and my initial gut reaction is, you know, don't who are why would you question? It's like I'm going after this, is what I and and but I had to stop that. And I'm like, wait a second, I need to hear this. All right. And so and so I said to Michael Hyatt, I said, listen, I want you to know I hear what you're saying to me. And then I, and I paused for a moment and I said, wait a second, no, take that back. I did hear what you said to me, but I want you to know I receive what you've said to me. And he says, I, he, he could see it on my face. It's like, wow. And it took me, it took me a lot of time to process that. And if anybody's been following, I, I've not sent out my Friday broadcast messages while I was gone on this trip. I did not do any personal video invitations to anyone. Um, I did record a podcast episode while I was on the road. I, I, but my sh- I, I, I'm, I'm not tolerating that anymore. Okay. Free the dream, by the way, will continue to happen. By the end of this week, I absolutely desire to have the hardcore carved in stone dates for Free the Dream 2020. And as far as I as, as as far as I know, I'm looking forward to doing Free the Dream for the next ten to twenty years. And if in ten years from now, Free the Dream is two hundred and fifty people, then that's fine with me. If Free the Dream ten years from now is twenty five thousand people, that's fine with me. But what I will tell you, what will be my priority, is one on one conversations with people because that's who God created me to be. And that's how he created me to show up in people's lives through one-on-one conversations and through my mastermind groups and through 12 to 14 people or maybe even less workshops live here in the studio. I'm much more, I, if, we, if we just put Free the Dream on and, and we sell 100 tickets from the 100 people that came this year that come next year and, and then organically people just sign up, that's fine. But here's what I will tell you. My pursuit of 300 people at Free the Dream this year has made it to where we only did one live workshop in this studio here, the Thriving Marriage Workshop, which transformed the marriages of those who attended in a powerful way. 
I, I've been tolerating not having that impact and influence in people's lives more often and more frequent in those smaller settings because of my pursuit of a 300-person goal at Free the Dream 2019. Any thoughts on any of that? Wow. Like, that really, it's going to take me a while. I, I totally, I get it. I support it. It'll, it's a lot to process. You had 11 days. I know. I came back a changed person. I'm going to need more than 11 minutes. Yes. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do something that's very illegal. <laughs> it's funny that you want to do this because didn't I just ask you if I could do this in an episode and you kind of frowned at me? Yeah. I'm going to edit in a song I down at Giovanna Ellison's event. I did an entire YouTube vlog on this. And and I'm not going to go into all the detail, but uh, I went to Giovanna Ellison's event and I was reintroduced to black gospel music. And there is a song that I found on my way home. So she played this one song called He Knows My Name. And it had a powerful impact in my life while I was there. She had this entire worship session Mm -hmm. inside of her Thrive Summit. And it really spoke to me. And so I was looking for that song on my way home from, or on my way from Montgomery, Alabama to uh, the Smoky Mountains. And I looked at that artist's album from that song and I found this song, I'm Getting Ready. And the words to this song, I, I won't play the whole song, all right? But I'll, I will just play, the chorus. I'll pl- not just the chorus, I'll, I'll play a, a bit of the beginning. It's going to be a rough edit because I don't want you to have the full song here. I want you to hear just the overall feel and vibe of the song and then go look this song up. Can I figure out who this is? How do, how do I figure out who this is? This is, by the way. You sent it to me. I can tell you who it is. It is um, Tasha Cobbs Leonard. Tasha Cobbs Leonard. All right, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close out in this and tell you that because I'm no longer tolerating what I was tolerating because I've shifted my my priorities, I really do believe the truth of the words that you're about ready to hear right now. Eyes haven't seen And ears haven't heard The kind of blessings The kind of blessings That's about to fall me Cause victory is here Kick defeat out the door
Mindset and to man.